Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. Before we get into our Week 9 preview, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on YouTube, where we are less than 300 subscribers away from 5,000. Spotify, Apple, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Hit the like button, leave a comment, and turn on the notification bell so you get a notification every time we drop a podcast. Another week, another COVID scare for the Colts. This week, a Colts staffer apparently tested positive. They will be retested today. If they're negative, then there's no problem. There was contact tracing back to a couple of Colts and a couple really important Colts who did not practice on Thursday due to the contact tracing to said trainer or member of the Colts staff who tested positive for COVID, Sheldon Day, Tyquan Lewis, Quentin Nelson, Michael Pittman Jr. So you have the two-time All-Pro Quentin Nelson, who has a big matchup this week against Calais Campbell. You have Sheldon Day. You have Tyquan Lewis, who had two sacks last week in 25 snaps. You're going to want him out there this week. And then Michael Pittman Jr., who's really important this week with all the injuries we have at wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton's banged up. Marcus Johnson's banged up. Ashton Doolin's banged up. Obviously, no Paris Campbell. So it's vital that Michael Pittman plays this week. All four players who did not report yesterday were in the building today practicing with masks on, taking all the proper protocols, et cetera, et cetera. But they're not considered high-risk players. So they're back in the building today on Friday, able to go through the walkthroughs. And all these players should play on Sunday as long as they don't test positive themselves for COVID-19. So that's the update there with the players who came in contact with the Colts staffer who tested positive for coronavirus. As for the game on Sunday, 1 o'clock game, Colts-Ravens, two teams coming in, both at 5 and 2. The Ravens have struggled against teams over 500 this year. They're 0-2 against teams who are over 500, 5-0 against everybody else. But those two teams they lost to, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs, arguably right now the two best teams in the AFC. So not bad losses by any stretch of the imagination, but the Ravens have struggled against the upper echelon teams and they've had no issues at all against the teams under 500. But this is an extremely talented Ravens team. You have a Super Bowl winning head coach. You have the reigning MVP at quarterback in Lamar Jackson. You have talent up and down the roster offensively, up and down the roster defensively, the number one rushing attack in the National Football League, the best kicker in the NFL, in my opinion, and Justin Tucker, a really good punter. So they're solid everywhere. And this is going to be a great test for the Colts in week nine, where we see our first legitimate playoff team, the first legitimate Super Bowl contender of the 2020 season. Yeah, I 100% agree. And, I, and I've said this from, from day one. I think they have the most talented roster in the league. Unfortunately for them, they lost their, their left tackle for the year, Ronnie Stanley, and, uh, and also Marlon Humphrey is out this game in the COVID-19 protocol. But as far as talent goes, this team is as good as anyone we're going to play. They're really good on both sides of the ball. They're ranked eighth on offense and scoring, and they only give up 18.9 points per game, which is second in the NFL on defense. So they're going to be a great test. Their only losses was a close loss at home to the Steelers and a loss to the Chiefs on uh, Sunday night football, I think. So they're very good. They don't have bad losses. Those teams that they lost to are legit. So this is definitely going to be by far the best team we played, and we're going to have to come ready to play to, to really win this game. 
Let's start off with the Baltimore Ravens offense. They come into this game eighth in points per game, averaging just shy of 30 at 29 points per game. They're first in the NFL in rushing. They have a dual-headed monster in the backfield with Mark Ingram and Dobbins, the rookie out of Ohio State, and then, of course, the dual-threat quarterback in Lamar Jackson, who could add an additional 1,000 rushing yards to the mix. And that's why coming into the season, before we realized the Colts offense was going to struggle running the football, before we lost Marlon Mack, we had a Q&A over the summer, and somebody asked, could the Colts lead the NFL in rushing this year? And I said, no, it's impossible. They could be second, and they could be second by a wide margin, but they can't be first because you have a team in Baltimore who has – a good run game to begin with, a good offensive line, a couple really talented backs, and they have a quarterback who's going to add 1,000 rushing yards. We have a quarterback who's going to lose a couple because Phillip Rivers is the anti-Lamar Jackson in terms of athleticism and mobility, and that's really where this offense starts and stops with the reigning MVP quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Not as dominant as he was last year 1343 passing yards 12 touchdowns in the air to four picks 66 carries or rushing attempts for 411 rushing yards a pair of touchdowns averaging 6.2 yards per carry he could beat you with his arm he could beat you with his leg there's a reason why he won the mvp award last year and won it in a landslide so this will be our first crack at him Rookie in 2018, haven't seen him yet. We haven't played Baltimore in a couple of years. So this will be our first look at the reigning MVP as he leads this Baltimore Ravens offense into this Week 9 matchup. Yeah, he's as dangerous as anybody in this league. I mean, he could take it to the house from any place on the field. And when he's on his game throwing the ball, they're almost impossible to stop. So that's going to be key is, is you know keeping him in the pocket, I think, and not letting him break containment. Because if you do that, it's going to be a long day. So... Uh, their offense is definitely led by number eight, Lamar Jackson. Then you get into their running backs. It's a real three-headed monster. Combine those guys, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, and Gus Edwards, have run 154 times for 797 yards. That averages out to 5.17 yards per carry. So, I mean, they're just getting it done on the ground. 6.2 yards per carry for Jackson, 5.17 from their three-headed monster, and six touchdowns from those guys. So the key is the running game. If you can slow this running game down, you can do some things. But that it begins and ends, as far as I'm concerned, in this game, our chances of winning begin and end with stopping or slowing that running game down. I don't think you're ever going to stop it, but you got to slow it down. You can't allow them to go crazy for 300 yards rushing or even you know 175 yards rushing because they're going to eat time off the clock and they're going to get points. So that running game is really first and foremost, the, you know, the key to this game and really. The focus of our defense definitely is going to be on that. But they've got some players outside the running backs. The two guys that I look at, wide receiver, Hollywood Brown, kid out of Oklahoma that I liked a lot. Fast speed guy can get down the field. 27 receptions, 379 yards, 14 yards per reception, two touchdowns. And then at tight end, this guy's a big-time player, one of the better tight ends in the league. Mark Andrews, 23 receptions, 275 yards, 12 yards per reception. Five touchdowns. So when they get in the red zone, Lamar's always looking for Mark Andrews, and he has great hands. So the Colts are definitely going to have to account for him as well because he makes some big-time plays in their passing game. And let's take a look at our keys to the game for the Colts' defense. Key number one, control the Ravens' rushing attack. They come into this game with the number one rushing offense in the NFL. The Colts come in with the number two rushing defense in the NFL. So on paper, it's a great matchup between one of the top rushing defenses, one of the top rushing offenses. Key number one, control the Ravens' rushing attack. Yeah, like I said when I was talking about their personnel, I mean, controlling the running game is number one for them. 
for the Colts defense in this game. If they can do that, it leads to our second key, which we'll talk about in a second, but that changes the game for the Ravens. Everything with them starts with that, that running game, being able to pick up yards, flip the field, be able to pick up first downs, keep their offense on the field and kind of wear you down throughout the game. That's what they do. They're a physical team. So they love to run the ball and that's what their offense is centered around. And so for the Colts, the key to me, the biggest key in this game is limiting their running game. Their whole offense is really predicated around that. So they're going to make plays. I'm not saying the Colts have to shut it completely down because the Ravens are going to make plays. They have good players. Players make plays. You can't expect miracles, but, you know, control the running game. Don't let them take over the game, running the ball, you know, get off the field, holding the field goals, that type of stuff that that'll help us and in, in, in staying in the game and allowing our offense to do some things as well. Key number two, keep Lamar Jackson contained and keep him in the pocket. Lamar Jackson's at his best when he gets outside the pocket, when he becomes a rushing threat and he makes you step up and make a decision. That's when Lamar Jackson is the most lethal. You want to keep him contained. You want to keep him in the pocket and you want to keep a push up the middle from the defensive tackles, Buckner and Stewart. So you don't let him get up the middle and run between the tackles because he could do that as well. So the goal with Lamar, key number two, keep him contained and keep him in the pocket. Yeah, that that's another huge key. It goes with number one, you know, controlling the running game. The thing about Lamar that a lot of people don't really talk about is he's not only great on the perimeter, he's great between the tackles. So you've really – the defensive linemen in this game are going to have to be very disciplined because this guy will go right up the middle and he can split everything. He's fast enough to just split everything, the safeties, the linebackers. He's that fast. He's, he's just different from anything you're going to see. He's so fast, and you can't really replicate that on the practice field. So it's going to come down – to the Colts, keeping him in the pocket, keeping him contained, not letting him get free and get into the, the secondary because that that's a whole nother ball game. Once he gets into the secondary, he's he's like one he's a running back basically. He's one of the best damn running backs in the league once he gets to the secondary. So keeping containment, keeping him in the pocket, making him throw the ball is really a huge key of this game. If we can make them have to throw the football, then we got a good chance to win because Lamar is definitely at his best when he's running the ball not when he's throwing. He's, he's definitely hasn't had as good a season as he had last year, this year. He's been a little off throwing the ball pretty much the entire season. So definitely keeping him contained in the pocket, maintaining gap discipline, super important in this game, more important than any game we played all year because of the quarterback we're playing. He can do it all as far as running goes, between the tackles, outside perimeter. He's so fast. So the Colts definitely have to keep him contained and keep their gap discipline. And finally, key number three, if you take care of keys one and two, it should take care of three by itself. No big plays. Stop the run game, control the run game, control Lamar, keep him in the pocket, and minimize big plays. You do one and two, three should fall into place. Key number three, no big plays. Yeah, and then like Luke said, it's it's, it's kind of they're all connected. You know, like we, we always try to, when we do our keys, they're generally always connected. One to two, two to three, same thing here. If you limit the big plays, okay, Lamar, Lamar and that offense feed off big plays, meaning 25-plus runs, big runs for touchdowns, long throws, all that stuff. If you can keep everything in front of you and make them go the long field and really have to work to score, I really like our chances in this game because Lamar's not the most patient guy. So if we can do that and make them go the long route and have long drives, I like our chances. It's not going to be easy by any stretch because this is a very talented offense, and this quarterback is something that we haven't seen. But if we limit them and, and, and make them go the long route, 
don't give up any big, long plays, long touchdowns that give them momentum and change the, the, you know, the momentum of the game. I, I really like our chances, you know, as far as just being able to stay in the game and keep them on offense, keep them contained. I think that's what we really have to focus on. Containment, you're not going to completely stop them. No one has. We're not going to either. You know, those guys are going to make some plays. But if you can keep them contained and not let them get outside, not let them break long plays, you got a really good chance to, of, of, one, staying in the game, and then, two, having a chance to win the game at the end. Yep, but let's flip over now to the Baltimore Ravens' defense, which arguably is better than their offense. They come in averaging 29 points per game offensively, allowing just 18.9 points per game defensively. So that's greater than a 10-point gap between points scored and points allowed, which is fantastic. Second in the NFL in points allowed defensively. The Baltimore Ravens have a loaded defense at pretty much every level. They're a little bit weak at corner, which we'll talk about, but really solid front seven, defensive line, linebacker core, great safety play, a really, really top-to-bottom solid Baltimore Ravens defense. They had something like, I think they had like 12 Pro Bowlers last year on their roster, a bunch of them on the defensive side of the football. Then they had guys like Calais Campbell, who's off to a great start. We know him well. He went from Arizona to Jacksonville. Him and Quentin Nelson know each other well. They played each other multiple times over the last couple of seasons. All-pro player, off to a really solid start. 23 tackles, 10 quarterback hits, 5 tackles for loss, 4 sacks. Really productive, still productive. You knew he was excited to get out of Jacksonville. I think they traded him to Baltimore for only a fifth-round pick, so it was a highway robbery. They got him for basically nothing, and he is one of multiple solid all-pro, pro-bowl caliber players on this Ravens defense that comes in second in the NFL in points allowed. Yeah, they're loaded on defense. I really, I mean, I, I watch them a lot, and I watch their their players, and they've, they're, they get, they've got talent all over the field. The one place I say I think that we could attack them is unfortunately the place where we have 95 million injuries, which is corner because Marlon Humphrey's going to be out. So Peters is going to be their number one corner. And I and I don't even know who their other two corner. I think Jimmy Smith, their nickel corner, they just brought up from the practice squad that's going to play this week. So we, if we can get our receivers on the field, would have an advantage there, in my opinion. But everywhere else on this defense, really good. Middle linebacker Patrick Queen. Rookie out of LSU, 48 tackles, five quarterback hits, four tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, three sacks. You mentioned Calais Campbell. He's always a problem for us up front. He's a big-time player, still playing at a high level. You got outside linebacker Matt Chudon, 18 tackles, 11 quarterback hits, three tackles for loss, two sacks. Cornerback Marcus Peters, who's a kind of a hit-or-miss player, but he, he does make a lot of big plays, though, a lot of picks. In the past, he's made a lot of pick sixes in the past. So, you know, he's a he's a he's a ball hawk, this guy. 24 tackles, five passes defended, two interceptions, two forced fumbles. And then just some of the other talent around the roster. Their safeties are both really young and really good. Strong safety, Chuck Clark. Free safety, Deshaun Elliott out of Texas. Outside linebacker, Pernell McPhee. The nose tackle, Brandon Williams, who I like a lot, is kind of holds it down the anchor of their defense uh, in the middle. So they've got a lot of players all over the field. It's going to be a real test for our offense, the biggest test for our offense, because this is uber-talented defense, and they don't even have all their players. So big test. Excited to see how we attack it. Hope we have our full personnel that we can possibly have with our receivers, because I really think with, with their corner issues, that's a spot where we could really, you know, attack maybe in the nickel, 
uh, their nickel corner. To me, that's the, the biggest weakness is that third corner spot. But if we have all these injuries and the COVID stuff, it's going to be very difficult to attack that. So just as a whole, Luke, man, this defense is the best we've played. I know we've played some great players, but as a whole, this is a great defense. Yep, but let's get into the keys to the game for the Colts offensively in this matchup. Key number one, straightforward, protect Phillip Rivers. The Ravens come into this game with 24 sacks. So they get after the quarterback, they hit the quarterback, they knock the quarterback down, they sack the quarterback. It will be extremely important, as it is every week, to protect the quarterback, but especially this week against the Ravens front seven and a Ravens defense top to bottom, all three levels, that get after the quarterback relentlessly. Key number one, protect Phillip Rivers. 110%. This is huge this week. This is by far the most aggressive defense that we will play, that we have played. They attack the quarterback with no abandon. They hit him. They sack him. This is going to be by far our biggest test for our offensive line because these guys, I mean, they've got 24 sacks, but that's not even talking about all the quarterback hits they get. And And they get them from everywhere. Safety, corner, D-line, linebackers, they bring guys from everywhere. So protecting 17 is huge this week because if we don't, he's going to turn the ball over. This team and they and this defense feeds off that. They feed off turnovers. They feed off hitting the quarterback. They feed off all that stuff that like most good defenses do. So it's huge. Number one, biggest thing this week, protect 17, keep him clean. Do not let them change the game, take over the game with their defense by attacking our quarterback and knocking them down and sacking them because that will change the game. We will 100% turn the ball over if that's the case because that's just how they play. They're super aggressive. They attack. So we're going to have to use that attack against them. So the first step to doing that is protecting our quarterback. Key number two, no turnovers. Key number two is probably going to need some help from key number one. If you don't protect Phillip Rivers, if you let him get hit and knocked around, sacked all day, he will turn over the football. So key number one is important because it also helps out key number two, which is don't turn over the football. And that's not just Rivers. That's this entire offense. Hold on to the rock. It's important every week. It's going to be super important this week against the Ravens defense that feeds off turnovers. 17 can't force the ball this week. We can't have any dumb throws. Um, The line's got to do their job, like I mentioned in key number one, but we can't have any fumbles. We can't turn the ball over. We're going to have to play really, really solid offensive football. Now, by that, I'm not saying we have to be perfect. If it's not there, throw the ball away. We can punt. Our defense is good enough to keep us in the game. So really what I'm saying here is when, when it's third and long and there's not something there, Throw it away, dump it down, check it down. We'll punt. We have a good punter. We can pen him, and we have a good defense. You don't need to press this week. You don't need to try to force things because, like I said, this team will it, – it feeds off turnovers. A lot of teams feed off turnovers. This team really feeds off turnovers. So, definitely, you know, playing smart goes into the no turnover thing. You know, just throwing the ball away. If it's not there, check it down. You know, punt, let our defense do their thing. Just be smart. And I think 17's starting to play that way. I think he should be okay. But, again, we've got to make sure we take care of the ball. Every guy on the the 11 guys out there, all those guys got to take care of the ball. No fumbles, no dumb plays. Just play smart. Allow – you know, stay in the game by not making turnovers, not beating ourselves, and, you know, just playing smart. That's really the key to the game for, for any game. It's just not beating yourself. But you've got to start with that when you play really great teams. That's the baseline that you want to start at, and then you work from that. But they're a super aggressive defense, Luke. So if we can if we can protect 
Philip Rivers, I think there are plays to be had against them. So it works out that, you know, no turnovers kind of goes, but you've also got to attack too. So in that, you got to kind of balance the attack versus not turning the ball over, but not turning the ball over is the, you know, is, is always a huge key, especially against really good teams. And finally, key number three, keep the Ravens off balance. Don't get predictable. Don't show your hand. Keep them off balance. Keep them guessing and stay balanced between the pass and the run. Yeah, and, and that goes back into protecting Rivers. I think if you keep them off balance, they can't pin their ears back and attack you. They they've got to play the they've got to play the run. They've got to play. You know, we we got to throw some screens. This is like this is a kind of defense that attacks you. You can you can work the screen game, whether it's wide receiver screens. If Harris, to Michael Harris plays, I think he would be great in this game for some screens. You can attack this team with screens and, and do all kinds of different things to keep them off balance. But that's the key. That's how you back teams off of you is being able to either A, run the ball or use the, the passing game as a extension of the run game, meaning check downs and, and dump offs to the running backs and, and, and that, and, and screens and stuff like that. So I'm not even necessarily saying we have to run it a certain amount of times, but the passing game has to be an extension of the running game to back that aggressiveness off of our offensive line and off of our offense. I think if you can do that, hit some big plays on some dump downs, that'll back them off. The aggressiveness is what we want to get them out of because that's what really kind of leads them to turnovers. So we want to definitely keep them off balance, whether that's running the ball, check downs, definitely a key to the game. Jason, I don't even know if it's worth asking you what your prediction is this week. I mean, at this point, we all know, and we'll give you a quick yes or no, just a quick one word yes or no for your prediction for this game. Well, I'll say this. Baltimore lifetime in Indianapolis record since they came back into the league. 0 oh, and six. So if I was going to pick the Colts, I'd probably pick them this week, but I'm not going to because one, we have a ton of injuries and, and two, I know if I pick them, they will automatically lose. So I'm picking the Ravens. I do think the weakness of the Ravens is, is, is their secondary and our guys are all beat up. So I, I don't think it's a great matchup for us. I think Baltimore does a little bit more than we do and wins the game by 10. There we go. So one in six lifetime in Indianapolis. I like that prediction, Jason. I'm torn. I mean, I really do have a good feeling in my gut. The COVID scare this week, losing Nelson against Clayus Campbell and losing Pittman when we're already down possibly T.Y. and Johnson, no Paris for most likely the rest of the season. I was nervous. I was nervous about the injury report this week. I was nervous about the COVID scare and losing the players that came in contact with the staffer who tested positive. So... I was on the fence this week. Started the week thinking Colts win. I like our matchup. I love our linebackers containing Lamar Jackson. You can't stop him. Nobody can unless the only way you could stop Lamar Jackson is if you're playing him in the playoffs because he hasn't showed us that he could be the same guy in the regular season and the playoffs. But I like our speed. I like our ability to contain him. I like our ability to keep him in the pocket because we have a great push up front from Buckner and Stewart. We have... Fast, athletic linebackers, which will be a nightmare matchup in our favor for Lamar. I think Lamar always has that advantage because he's unlike any other quarterback in this league, and he's so much faster than your average linebacker. He's just he's different. He's just a different kind of guy. But if anybody were able to stop him, I think we have the ingredients. I think we have the formula. So I like our matchup. I was nervous with the COVID scare because of the key guys we would have been missing. 
in this matchup. If we lost Nelson against Campbell and Danny Pinter out of Ball State needed to make his first NFL start against an all-pro caliber guy like that, that would have been a tough matchup. And that would have been in a game like this, which I believe is going to be so close, that could be the difference. And that could just throw off the entire offensive line. It could put a halt to the run game. It would have been a nightmare. So feeling good about where we are. I like this matchup. I think it favors the Colts on paper. The Vegas line opened up at two and a half or three, and now it's down to one and a half moving in the Colts favor. I love line moves like that makes me feel even better about a pick that I liked all week. If you go back to the Browns game, I thought the Browns were going to beat us and we opened as I think two and a half point favorites, three point favorites. We ended up going into Sunday as underdogs and that was the only game all year we were underdogs until this game. That made me think the Colts were going to lose that game because the line flip in this game, the line is starting to flip and it's moving, makes me even more confident in the Colts. So I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a tight game. I'm going to take the Colts by two points. I think we win this game on a field goal. And Rodrigo Blankenship, he missed two extra points last week, still hasn't missed one in Indianapolis. It'll be super important this week that he makes all his extra points. We can't leave any points out on the field. We have to make our field goals. You can't have a punt get blocked. We don't go into special teams on our previews, but it'll be super, super, super important this week that special teams come through because you can't afford to have a mistake like that against the Ravens. You get a pump blocked against the Lions, you could overcome it. You miss a couple extra points against the Lions, you could overcome it. You do that against a team like the Ravens, the Steelers, the Chiefs. It's going to be tough, maybe impossible to overcome. So you have to cross your T's and dot your I's this week on special teams and in all three phases of the game. I think the Colts will. I think the Colts clean that up. And I think the Colts win this game by two points. I'm going to go 17-16. I'm going to go one point. I'm going to say 17-16, close game, old school game, low scoring game. Good defensive game. Colts come out on top by a point against the Ravens on Sunday. As we now say goodbye to my co-host Jason Spears and welcome Bryce Weiler to the For the Culture podcast. Bryce is the disability consultant for the Baltimore Orioles and he is the co-founder of the Beautiful Lives Project, which he's going to explain what they're all about and what they do. Bryce was unfortunately born blind, so Bryce without the ability to see, giving back to the community, starting this wonderful project called the Beautiful Lives Project. Bryce, welcome to the For the Culture Podcast. And tell us a little bit more about your foundation, about the Beautiful Lives Project. What are you guys all about? With the, with the Beautiful Lives Project, we're always looking for new chapter presidents to set up programs to help people of all disabilities to, to live their dreams. We're actually having our first annual Beautiful Lives Project fundraising auction where all of the funds raised goes to support our Beautiful Lives Project chapters and to help set up new programs to help people with disabilities to, to live their dreams. All of the funds raised from our auction goes to support our chapters and creating new virtual programs and other types of programs to help people who have disabilities to live their dreams. People can find that auction link on my Twitter, which is at Bryce Weiler, at B-R-Y-C-E-W-E-I-L-E-R. They could also text the words beautiful lives, that's beautiful lives with no space, to the six-digit code 243725. 
That's 243-725. They could also check out our website, which is www.beautifullives.org, www.beautifullives.org. They can see a plethora of videos and pictures from our past programs where we've helped people of all disabilities to live their dreams. Last year, we helped over 3,000 people with disabilities to live their dreams. And this year, we've helped over 1,300 people with disabilities to live their dreams, even in the hard times we're in with not being able to have in-person programming. Wow, that's great. And I was checking out your website, beautifullives.org, after you reached out to me to research a little bit. And I think what you guys are doing is fantastic. I think it's awesome to give back and to help people with disabilities because sports are the great equalizer. They're the great distraction. Sports are beautiful. And everybody deserves an opportunity to participate in some way, shape, or form. So I love what you guys are doing there, Bryce, at Beautiful Lives. Dot org. You guys could go check them out. And me and Jason made our picks for the game. We will let you now make your pick. What do you see this weekend, Bryce? Colts hosting the Ravens. Both teams sitting at 5-2 and two in this Week 9 matchup. I really hope that the Colts can, can win this game. I think they're going to win by about 10 points. I'm going to be excitedly listening in because there won't be fake crowd noise. I'll be listening to the great Matt Taylor commentating on the Colts radio network. I really love listening to Matt commentating because of how he's able to create visual pictures of the game happening on the field. And I'm happy that they will have fans there because I can't stand listening to games that have fake crowd noise. So didn't listen to the Lions game because the fake crowd noise bothers me. But I did check the score on my phone every so often. Bryce, that is a fantastic pick. Colts by 10. I hope you are correct. I hope that comes true. That'll save me a heart attack from my prediction of Colts by 1. I also hope you aren't the same type of jinx that Jason is because whenever Jason makes a pick, he's wrong. So I hope you don't carry that same type of Jason Spears jinx with you. And it's awesome. You listen in on the Colts Radio Network. Matt Taylor does a great job painting a picture. But just a quick word of advice for you, Bryce. Don't listen to what Rick Venturi says. What he says, the rest of us do not see. So don't listen to Rick Venturi, but enjoy the broadcast. Listen to Matt Taylor. And one more time for the Colt fans listening to this podcast. How could they find you guys? And how could they support the Beautiful Lies Project? They can follow my Twitter, which is at Bryce Weiler, at B-R-Y-C-E-W-E-I-L-E-R. They can go to our website, which is www.beautifullives.org. And to get that, that link for our Beautiful Lives Project first annual fundraising auction, where we have autographed sports items from the Colts and various people, we have trips up vacations for auction, all sorts of items. They can text beautiful lives. That's beautiful lives, no space to 243-725. They can also find that link on my Twitter along with some videos that we're putting out a couple times a week and the auction runs through November 15th. Very cool. We will also put the link down in our description section on YouTube. Bryce, thank you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy listening to the Colts game on the Colts Radio Network on Sunday. Colts Ravens should be a good one, and I hope that your 10-point pick comes true. Sounds great. Thank you so much. That was Bryce Weiler of the Beautiful Lives Project. Helps out people with disabilities. So look at us on the For the Culture podcast, giving back, helping people out. People with disabilities come to us. We try to use our platform for good. So that was Bryce Weiler. Shout out to Jason Spears, who we let go a little bit early today, my co-host, my partner in crime 
I'm your host, Luke Diamond. Guys, enjoy the game on Sunday. This is what it's all about. Colts at 5-2, Ravens at 5-2, a playoff-type feel to this game between two teams who should be playing January football in a matter of months. This 5-2, guys, a lot different than last year's 5-2. 5-2 last year with a plus-minus of plus-7. This year's 5-2 with a plus-minus of plus-62. I feel good about this team. I feel good about this game. I can't wait for Colts-Ravens. 1 o'clock on Sunday. We'll be back on Sunday night to wrap it up right here on the For the Culture Podcast.